Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I am Joe the Widget, and I am joined by my amazing co-host, Mr. Rook. What's up, everybody? It's going to be a good show today, I think, and y'all should enjoy it, so uh, let's get to it. You are demanding of you to enjoy this show, and we are joined, as always, by Mr. Archon. Yeah, but it should be a good show today. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've actually been looking forward to it for a couple weeks, so uh, yeah, oh, let's go. Oh, no, don't tell me I lost my list. Okay, I didn't. Cool. Anyway, what I'm talking about is that we are going to be talking about 80s and 90s cartoons. Something that we brought up two episodes ago with Kilo, and we really, really can, wanted to do it. You could say brought up. It kind of almost dominated the episode, so... Yeah, we, so we, we decided we're going to... We're going to let it dominate this episode, too. We asked Kilo to come on tonight. Unfortunately, he could not because of work. So we'll bring him on for another show some other time. A uh, few people have expressed that, or a few of our listeners expressed they really enjoyed have, enjoyed him on the show. So I think uh, we'll get him back on at some point in the near future for another episode or two. And yeah, so we've got a lot to talk about. So we're gonna, like usual, we're gonna get right into our week. Okay, so this has been a fun week. Um, did a lot of stuff this week, all nerdy stuff. Now, uh, let's see. So I'm gonna start off with my first one. Uh, I played about. Uh, Battleground. Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, the Dark Urge background is becoming so entertaining because if you play an evil character, it is so, such a I'm going to let the listeners know, his notes just said background is so evil, and yet he immediately changed it to so entertaining. That should tell you something about Rook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, the reason why it's entertaining is because you actually fight against your background or you go with the background. So, it's actually entertaining. Uh, in a role-playing aspect. Um, me, personally, I constantly fight the urges. Um, I have killed a couple people out of accident, one of them being Gale, God, bre- God rest his soul, and his wherever hand. it may be. <laughs> no, his hand's in my inner... His hand is in my inventory. You still have it in your inventory? See, I'm yes. telling you guys. <laughs> yeah. Air quotes, accidentally killed people. Air quotes. Well, no, the the Gale one was 100% accident. I chose the option where you reach for the hand to pull it out, and then it faded into... Um, how you, I have this vision of blood and all this, and the next thing you know, I have his hand in my hand, and that's it. Yeah, you literally pulled his hand out. Yeah, and Shadowheart's response was great. <laughs> You're supposed to give him a hand, not take it. Um, in this playthrough, uh, I romanced Carlac. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Uh, out of the ones I've romanced so far in the game, she's probably my favorite one on how the, her reaction and everything. Back to uh, the Dark Urge background. Uh, spoiler warning, if you don't want to hear about it, I would skip ahead about 15 seconds. Warning, spoilers ahead. Okay, so I'm constantly fighting the urges, and one of them is to kill the lady creating the bubble in the Shadow Realm. That's how I was saying it can get so evil. That uh, it's a very evil background if you actually follow through with everything. Played Valheim with uh, Rabbit for a little bit. I spent most of the time exploring and building. Uh, I like playing the game that game with her. She actually makes it entertaining because we talk about everything. That's Widget was in the chat with to. us. 
Yep. I still need to show Cozy my base build because she hasn't been in game and she wants to see it. So Cozy, get in, get in the game when I'm on and I'll show it to you. Uh, I'm enjoying the Deathgate Cycle novels. It's a good book so far. Um, not reading as much as I should. However, I'm trying. I also play d and <laughs> I know, right? I also play d and I been, missed it last week because we had the record on my... Uh, not last week, the week before. Because we had a record on my... Uh, what's your, it called? Yeah, your play night. Yeah, my your play, play night. Date. Yeah, I, I, I prioritized a podcast over my mental health, all right? <laughs> nah, uh, I needed to play the game. I haven't played this character in a while, and every time I go into this game, I question whether or not I want to keep playing this game hmm. because it falls on every other Saturday night. But then I play the game, and I'm like, I can't wait till next session. <laughs> and, of course, I played Starfield. Duh. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> and I'm working on exploring Vega. Uh, also, I watch oh, some more 90s cartoons. I've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> he was prepared wow. for today's episode. Well, I've been watching X-Men because I want to get caught up on before uh, X-Men 97 releases. Yeah. Uh, and then I, at work, I started watching Critical Role Campaign 3 again. Critical Role's fun. Uh, did you know uh, Matt Mercer actually is a narrator for a novel called... can't remember the name of it. Matt's done a few things. He's one of the, the voice actors that I know in person. Um, yeah, it, he even played on Diablo three, or not Diablo three, Baldur's Gate three. Sorry, really? Yeah, he's he plays a character in Baldur's Gate and Act three. Oh, I haven't gotten Act three yet. I haven't either, but he told me about it and he told me about the character he he played and he's was really proud of it. Nice. That's actually pretty cool though to hear him say that. But he actually does of uh, the narration of a novel that I can't for the life of me remember right now off the top of my head. And it's actually a really good... I listened to the snippet they have on Audible, and it, he plays the character really well. And, of course, a voice actor is going to have multiple different voices. And I just like how he tells a story, and it sounds like he's telling a story. Yeah. They so do a good job. Get him have to you, do your book. Have you seen the Baldur's Gate one yet? Mm-mm. With a cast as the, their D&D campaign? No, I haven't seen as that. As their yet. characters in the game. Oh, it's great. You have to you have to watch that. Yeah, I'm going to have to now cuz now you got me interesting. It's probably the most fun D&D campaign I've ever watched. <laughs> oh, the book I'm talking about is The Punch Escrow. The Punch Escrow. Mhm. By Tall M. You can find it just by searching for uh Matt Mercer narrator in Audible. Cool. You should okay. you, you should get him to do your book. Oh, I know that'd be so <laughs> that'd be the he'd be like my ideal. I gotta get him Matt, to listen to this show. Matt Mercer, if you're listening to our show, please get with Widget about doing his book. <laughs> yeah, we'll work out some kind of payment plan. <laughs> He's not cheap. No, I can yeah, imagine. But if I got him to do my book, it would be no problem for Audible to pick it up. And in fact, uh, those of you guys listening, Audible said they would do my book, but they need people to write in asking for my book. That's crazy. You have to have somebody write in. And they need a certain amount of people to write in saying, hey, we want to see this book on Audible before they'll give me a contract. <sighs> yeah. Unless my book was like a major top seller, then they would be like, yeah, come on, please, please sign with us. 
And those of you who don't uh, know, my book is um, Emperor of Continua. You can find it on Amazon. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, uh, for uh, Venus Valkyrie, uh, Liam O'Brien, also from Critical Role, uh, does narration for two Dragonlance novels from Lost Legends. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I'm big on Audible books. And with all the driving and, and I've been doing lately for work, on my week, I'm going to get into that a little bit. Yeah, I was kind of telling you guys before I was re-listening to the Wheel of Time series. Like, I'm, I want to actually try and get all the way through it this time. I'm almost finished with the first book now on Audible, just listening to it while I'm working stuff, so. Yeah, are you done, nice. Brooke, or? Yeah, that's it. That's it in my week. Then we can just roll right into Archon. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, for me, I played a lot of Pal World this week. A lot. I've pretty much beat everything there is to beat in that game now. I've, I've I've found a couple of like the main weapons that I use. I found the legendary schematics for those and made those. I've collected every pal in the game now. Um, beat every one of the towers. So I mean, there's really nothing left for me to achieve in that game. I mean, I guess I could go through and try and collect all the little memos left around the world, but man. Not even really all that worried about it. Um, so once I beat the crap out of that, um, I started playing a little bit of a sh- Enshrouded again. Built a really sweet house, and now I'm playing like a melee character instead of magic. I'm going just straight melee just to see the different side. I'll probably use bows and stuff too because there's some annoying flying. Yeah, you kind of have to. Like my yeah. current character is a full warrior build with a little bit of the um, barbarian. And I have to put a little points in the in the bow because it, there's some, like you said, there's some characters you just cannot beat with the sword. Yeah, they they just fly above you and you can't hit them at all. I ran into a couple of those today, and I'm like, how am I supposed to kill this stupid thing? I had to like dig out a tunnel and make it chase me into the tunnel so I could even hit it. <laughs> that's that's it thinking was, outside the box. It was obnoxious, um, but I am really really anticipating Nightingale that's coming out. Uh, it'll be tomorrow for when you guys are listening. It comes out on the 20th. Um, it's a Kickstarter that's made by ex-Bioware employees. Um, it looks really, really, really good. It's got a this, this whole realm card system that I'm super interested in that I think is going to add a lot of replayability to the that's game. That's the only thing about that game that makes me interested in it. Other than the crafting looks interesting, but there was a the lot building. of reviews I read that they did not like how the crafting mechanics work at all. Yeah, we'll see. I'll see how it is. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very I, on the fence about this game. I know it's getting, right now, it's got a current meta, Metacritic score of like just under 80. Um, because people are saying that the combat is a little bit clunky in it and stuff. And A little clunky? I had one reviewer saying he's not sure he's going to play it because it's so bad. I mean, it, it's a little clunky and they'll fix it. But like, the, the, cra- or the building system looks amazing. The fact that you can build, like, full-on pagodas and stuff looks amazing to me. Like, that looks, like, so much fun. I don't know. It, it looks good, and I'm definitely going to try it out. I, I, I'm i a little leery of all these, like, early, early access games. But, like, the way I see it, the ones that I've played so far, for the cost of them, I've definitely got my money's worth out of them. I mean, Power World, I played for 80 hours already. And Shrouded, I've got just over 70 hours in. And for the price of the games... Yeah, well, it's like I was telling Archon earlier this week. The reason these companies do these early releases is that they're they're independent developers. They're not backed by a big studio. So they don't have the money to pay for an in-house testing team, which is critical for producing a game. So they do early release so that they don't 
so they get paid to have people test their game. And it's kind of a backward system, but like Archon said, you do get the game for much cheaper than you normally would yeah, on full release. Much cheaper, and you, you still get a full game. So you have to be a, careful be a few about bugs them. here and there that you're worried that, that you know will eventually get fixed. So you got to go into it knowing you're probably going to run into a few bugs, but you still That's got why, the game, and it's still fun. That's why I don't like calling them early releases. They should just call them beta testing. If you got to go through a bunch of bugs, beta <laughs> testing is usually not something you got to pay for. Yeah. Early release, you got to pay for it. There's actually jobs out there where you can get paid to do it. Right. Yeah. But that's a very boring job. I am. Um, little known thing about me is I used to be in the video game industry. I won't say for who or what I did, but I was a part of some really big projects for a lot of big titles and a couple flops. And I started out as a tester. I was testing on a game called uh, Quake 3 Arena. I'm sure some people have heard of it. And I got promoted into designer from that. So they're out there. I mean, that's one of the best ways to get in the industry. He says, I won't tell you who the company was, but then I'll tell you a game that everyone knows who the designer of that's that game is. That's just the one I started out with. That's it. <laughs> I won't go any further. Yeah, and then uh, I just recently, like the last thing of the week, just earlier today, I finalized my plans. And booked and got everything booked for WonderCon. The closer it gets, the more excited I'm getting to it. I mean, it's been a long time since I've been out in Cali, and I get to meet two, my two buddies that I hang out with and do podcasts with and get to meet them in real life, and I'm pretty excited. So, yeah. It's going to be fun. We're actually going to be recording all three of us at WonderCon, so... Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I ordered my, my recorder, and I got a microphone. I'm going to be testing that on Tuesday when it comes in. I can't wait for that. It's the same one that that uh, Rook had when we did the last at LA Comic Con that actually did the really good quality recordings. <laughs> I, re- mm-hmm. I already returned the other one I had that was garbage. So Just sorry about that. Just figure out what we're going to do about all that background noise. And I'm bringing my laptop. I'm bringing my microphone, my good microphone, so that when we get back to the room, we can do little snippets. Kind of my idea right now. I haven't really talked to the guys about it, so it's up to them too. But I want to go like a little recap or a debrief, basically, of the day. So when we get back after doing our day at WonderCon, we can go in there and it was, well, it's fresh in our mind and talk about these experiences. That way I can splice them into the actual episodes. So it's probably going to be like a two or three episode deal. Oh, yeah. That actually sounds like a really good idea. That way we, it's all fresh in our heads. We can regurgitate our day. And yeah, I think it'll be cool. I like that idea. So about We're- you. What was your week like? I played a lot of Power World too, actually, and I've got a review score for it for what it's I worth th- for you people. I thought we were only on Power World one. Oh, stop! Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible dad joke. I love it, and I'm not uh, even a dad. <laughs> the only three people here that he's the only one that's not a dad. Well, you got you got fur babies. No, I yeah. want to be a daddy. <laughs> one day, buddy, you will. I promise you that. Uh, okay, so Power World. If I was to give it a professional review based on what I played, it would be a 5 out of 10. And the main reason is the bugs are pretty natro- are pretty terrible, uh, but that's stuff that can be easily fixed. Didn't like you falling say 6 through out the world. of 10 earlier? I said a 5 or a 6. Oh, okay. I mean, I could lean towards 6 just fine because there are some elements of the game that are quite fun, but the crafting is terrible. It drives me up a wall <laughs> to hold the craft, hold this, hold that. The pathing AI errors and issues with your pals 
a Pokemon, that, whatever you want to call them. That is the number one complaint I hear you talk about in that game all the time. Mapping, it's the terrible. Pathing is a huge problem. You have to build your base specifically with the pathing in mind. Otherwise, and there's very little, there's function. very limited building options for your base. Yeah. They look like big cubes. Um, On top of that, the biggest thing why it's getting a a bad, not a great score from me, is it has no background story. There is in these little things you have to go through and read, which gives you little snidbits of a possible story, but they give you no reason why you're in this world, why you're collecting these pals, why you're fighting these towers. Nothing. It's it's literally nothing. You just wake up and you just have to start crafting pal balls and catching pals. And you don't know why. That's boring. There is Get these flying mounts, right? Early on in the game, the flying pals. And when you're flying, the pals don't load on the ground. So the world feels completely empty. And even when you're on the ground, they're so sporadic, it feels empty. That is a server issue, though. No, that's because, on my that was on my chest on my regular game, and it's the same way. See, I don't have that issue on my regular game. Like the all the weird slow loading crap that that only seems to happen on our. It doesn't server. like when I go into a dungeon, they load properly in my single player game, unlike on the server. Right. But when I'm flying, it's the same thing. There's nothing on the ground unless I was already there and it preloaded, and then I flew off. So it's an, it's a five, and they they need to really revamp a whole lot of things in this game to really make it better. It's not a game I'm excited to play again. And the real reason I was excited to play it was doing it with my bo- with my buddies, Chris. Both Chris's. Yeah. Yep. And Archon. And um, yeah, aka Truffle Pig. And I forgot what the other Chris's. Siron. Siron, that's right. Yeah, we've, uh, we've been, yeah, we've been having fun just playing together and stuff like that. But like, I think if I were to give it a review, it'd probably be about a six just because of the same, res- same issues. I mean, You'll be sitting there in the middle of fighting a boss and just like uh, earlier today, I had an issue where my guy just like suddenly crouched and I just got stuck in the ground and I could get on my flying mount and fight from the back of my flying mount, but I couldn't throw pow balls. And if I got back off him, I was just stuck on the ground again. And it was just the weirdest thing ever. I like couldn't fight at all if I wasn't on the back of my pal. And yeah, I had so many bugs yesterday playing the game. Bugs that I didn't want to play it anymore that day. I went right back to Ooh. Enshrouded. And Enshrouded, though, if I was to rate that one right now, it'd be a 7.5 to, to an 8. Most likely 7.5. And, and the big negative on that is how the progression works on server side. And the fact yeah. that one person on your server who has more free time can go through and do everything, unlocking everything, and no one else on the server can do it because it's already unlocked. It's not player-by-player mm. base, which is something that the developers already said, oh, we don't want to do that. It's not how we want to build the game, which is a terrible way to build a game. That's not mm-hmm. the mentality you need to have. Yeah. Other than that, if the way the... If you have one zealous person who will remain nameless, Archon... <clears throat> <laughs> that it just goes through and unlocks everything then it kind of kills the game for everyone else which kind of sucks i mean yeah you can still play on your own world and unlock those things if you want to see the story but that's kind of not the point yeah the point is to be able to play together and- but when it comes to the story when it comes to the world itself it's full it's vibrant there's a lot to do it's massive the uh player progression is awesome aka like the skill trees and the crafting is a lot of fun and the fact that it's a fully destructible environment makes it even better for me so it's a much better game in, in my opinion than Power world 
And I'm curious to see what um, Nightingale is going to look like, but I'm not going to get it right away. I'm probably going to wait to see what people think and how things progress with it, but it's on my radar. You're going to wait and, t- and hear what I have to say because you know I'm playing it right away. Oh, I know you are. I mean, uh, I, I won't. I'm not going to be playing it launch day because that launch day happens to be my wife's birthday and I, I would love to live. So I won't be playing <laughs> it on launch day, but I, you know, the subsequent days I'll be playing it. So. Oh, it's her birthday coming up? Yeah, on the 20th. Happy birthday, Lena. Happy birthday to you. So there's these books on I'm I'm big into audible books. I drive a ton. I was I drove I got stuck in traffic on a three and a half hour drive, took me six and a half hours. And uh, I'm finishing up Dungeon Carl Crawler Carl, the, the recent one, Eye of the Bedlam Bride, and those books are getting worse as they go on. And I've been finding myself being bored with a new book. My brother uh-huh. reminded me of a book that was amazing. That I completely forgot all about, but they actually have three more books out now with it, and it's called Sufficiently Sufficiently Advanced Magic. It's worth checking out. It's an awesome book, and Jake's Magical Market, and another one that the second book came out just recently, and I got I picked that one up. I can't wait to get into those again. Those are my radar. So we got a lot of um, '80s and '90s cartoons. I think we're gonna get into the news later because I want to see how this conversation goes first. Let's yeah. get into our top tens, guys. Let's yeah. do it. All right. Who who wants to kick us off? I, you know what? You're I'm right. going to be the diverse one, and I never get to go first. I'm going first. Yeah, do it. time, <laughs> sir. Let's make Rook go last this time. <laughs> oh, cool. I'm going to take a nap. See y'all later. Peace out. <laughs> so I'm an 80s kid. I, my childhood was the 80s. I was a teenager in the 90s. So Yeah, because you're old. It, yeah, it dates me, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm awesome like that. And I had three sisters growing up, so my watching and rather strict parents, so my watching experience was different than my two cohorts here, but I think we're going to have a lot of the same ones on that list. And my honorable mentions that are two shows I, I loved watching when I could, but one of them was Adventures of Super Mario Bros. 3. Yep, that you one was that on the show. a classic, mm-hmm. and the one I completely forgot all about until I was researching the cartoons, the Littles. I have never seen that one. It's that about a, one. these I group of siblings that live. They're little little people that live in a like a box or something like that in a house, and it, it's it's pretty awesome. But my number ten is the real Ghostbusters. They didn't make my list. <laughs> Definitely hit that mine. One, it was close. And it was close. It, it was close. There's too many in the, this era, though. And the spinoff of that cartoon actually made it higher on my list because it was awesome. Do you guys know what that uh, that spinoff was? No. Okay, we'll get into it in a second. Number nine was Darkwing Duck. <laughs> nice. Classic. One. Classic. There's a big, you'll see a big pattern here because those old Disney 80s cartoons were what I watched as a kid because of my sisters, and I loved them. Oh, yeah. Fraggle Rock is my number eight. That's not a cartoon. It was technically a cartoon in a way, but it wasn't it was, animated. It's a cartoon like Blue's Clues is a cartoon. It, and they no, did have was, cartoon elements in it. It was, that was a. That's a not Muppet. a cartoon. Okay, so That's we'll like take Fraggle Rock out and we'll just put Mario Bros. in that spot. Okay, okay I'm okay with that one. I'm okay <laughs> with that. Yeah. My number seven I'm, is I would a spin-off. agree that's a great show. I would agree that was a great show, though. Yeah, it was. And then my then my number seven is the spinoff of the real Ghostbusters, Slimer. I don't know. I never watched that one, I don't think. 
I don't think I've ever seen that cartoon. Awesome. I know it was all I used about to that ghost the, slimer. <laughs> I know I used to love the the ectoplasm high C slimer drink. That was the best <laughs> one, hands down. Did you guys see the new uh, the new Ghostbusters trailer? Yes. Oh, I, I gotta wait. actually watch that. I haven't seen that trailer yet. I can't absolutely wait. love the the direction they're going with the new Ghostbusters. It's fantastic and they showed slimer in it he's back yes. <laughs> i got really excited about that my number six is chip and dell's rescue rangers not hey, the strippers but the chip mine as well <laughs> you get number six too yeah <laughs> high five nice <laughs> uh yeah and, and as soon as he started talking about his um rook we were talking about it earlier and he started singing the theme song has been stuck in my head the entire time. Dales, oh, every single, every single cartoon you're saying, Dales. I'm like singing the theme songs in my head. <laughs> Number five is Tasmania. Ooh, I forgot about that one. Taz is one of my favorite characters in the Warner Brothers series ever. Except for my my later list, but he was one of the favorites. Tailspin is number four. Respectable. I love that one. That's a good one. <laughs> number show. three, going in the top three. Number three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, you let me down. <laughs> you thought that was number one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a really hey, so tough time fact. organizing these top three, except for number one. Number one was a given. Fun fact, I made my entire list, and then I was looking through the cartoons, and I'm like, how did I forget about that cartoon? And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was that cartoon. I don't know how I forgot it, and I had to, I had to rearrange things to put that one on my list because I could not believe I left it off. It's one of the best of all time. One of the greatest. It is It is the best Turtles cartoon. I was heavily debating period. between this one being either number two or number three, and I could have easily flipped it, no problem. Uh, number two, I have DuckTales. That's a good one. What? Yep. I was obsessed what? with that cartoon as a kid. I absolutely love DuckTales. What? That's Ooh. your number two? <laughs> How was that your number two? Because it I was awesome. Shocked. Yeah, I'm I told shocked. you, you'd be a little surprised by it. Ninja Turtles should probably be number two, but they're, they're so close in my childhood that it's just there. That's not even what I'm surprised by. What I'm surprised by is that is hands down the greatest cartoon that's ever <laughs> been made. How is that not your number one? <laughs> I have told you guys my number one on this show many times because it is the one cartoon that I have laughed so hard I wanted to pee myself. Pinky and the Brain. Yes, I know. And in I particular, know. the episode that between, be you know, through Pinky's eyes. I hate to I hate to say it, but that wouldn't even make my top 20. Great. Oh. It was my number one. Yeah, this is his list, not yours. I know, that's but I have a right list. to disagree with. <laughs> that's, that's a decent list. How and, can you and what's your list, my Mr. Personal Archon? Preference. We may actually hear a few of those again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a few times. So first, first, we have my honorable mentions. Uh, I have Tailspin in my honorable mentions. It did not make my top 10. Uh, also, Animaniacs, because I used to watch that every day after school. I didn't like that good one at all. I just didn't Which put it in my... Also included Pinky and the Brain. That's where they came from. Yep. And then my other honorable mention, because I had to put it in here, because I absolutely was obsessed with this cartoon for a long time, was Rocco's Modern Life. I don't think I've seen uh. that one. Oh, I loved that show. Loved it. But, okay, now into my top ten. Number ten, Voltron. Voltron, I was always big in, like, growing up, always big into, like, Power Rangers and stuff like that. And Voltron mm. is where Power Rangers comes from. Voltron was the OG. And I, I used that. to have I used to have the original Voltron, like, it was like an eight-hour movie set of, like, the start <laughs> of Voltron. It was so good. Number nine, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, the original cartoon. <laughs> the OG. So good. Loved I it. barely remember that one, but I did watch it as a kid, <sighs> for sure. So, so good. Number eight, 
The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. <laughs> I laugh at me you want, but I love this show. Drinking their gummy berry juice and bouncing around. Love that show. I uh, had to watch that show along with uh, Care Bears way too much as a kid, thanks to my sisters. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, though. Uh, my number seven. Also, your guys' number six. Rescue Rangers. <laughs> really close. Yeah, that was almost a three for right there. That was almost a hat trick. Uh, number six, Darkwing Duck. Number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Five? Nah, that hurts my feelings. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> you know, then, then you got to listen to my top four. Number four was the Spider-Man, the original that Spider-Man was, that, cartoon. That was a good one. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. So that one, that was my favorite cartoon. I was never like, big into superheroes. My favorite superhero never had a cartoon. Well, I say that was my favorite superhero cartoon, but I lie because number three on my list, X-Men. OG X-Men. Great cartoon. Seen every episode. Can't wait for the new series that's coming out. Looks good. Number two, Gargoyles. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I completely forgot uh, about that one. That <laughs> show was great. Mm. I would sit down today and watch through that entire show. I actually have Pinky in the Brain's first two seasons into my Amazon. I kind of want to sit down and watch Gargoyles right now, to be honest, and just binge it until I'm done. And then number one, it it's not even close. DuckTales. It, it, Woo! <laughs> close. Not only does it have the best theme song of any cartoon that's ever been made, but it's just a great show. And the new one can just go away. Yeah. Your OG is, is, it is was, DuckTales. It was the creme de la creme of Saturday morning cartoons by far. So good. Meh. Rook. Meh. All right, oh, gosh. Mr. Man. My, my honorable mentions. I got I got three honorable mentions. Um, Darkwing Duck, X Men, and Dungeons and Dragons. I never got to watch I, that one as a kid. My parents would let me. I did. I did enjoy it growing up. Uh, it was only around for a couple seasons, but it was enough. It was major mentions. Okay. Okay. So here is my top ten. Number ten, Transformers, the original. That was a good okay. Show. Number nine, Gargoyles. Yes. I was and scrolling through the list of 120. I was thinking that like person has. I was seriously thinking like, well, where would I put gargoyles? I think that would be like number 12 or 13 on my list. It wouldn't make my top 10, but I love that one too. Uh, number eight is Tailspin. Okay, respectable. Solid. And then seven Solid. is Ducktales. And then Chippendales <laughs> Rescue Rangers is at number six. <laughs> Chippendale above Ducktales. Wow, that, that that's criminal. That is criminal. Number five is Voltron. That, okay. Yeah, I can see that from you. Number four is Thundercats. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Thundercats, oh. Number three, your son will like this. Pokemon. Mm. Came out in the 90s. It did. Was it? Was, uh... Number two, G.I. Joe. Yeah, I, was, I was really debating about putting it on there because the only time I saw it was when I went to my cousin's house. Mm-hmm. My parents wouldn't let yeah. me watch that one either. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was decent. And my number one all time favorite cartoon is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, that I can okay. get behind. I'm I'm, I'm cool with that. Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant. That could be anywhere on the list. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. That that can be as long as it's in your top ten. It has to be in the top five. I cannot five. believe I forgot about it. I would lose all respect for you guys if it wasn't in your top fives. Well, well thankfully it is. <laughs> I I finally finished season one, and I gotta go find this. 
DVDs to buy all of them. Yeah, I actually started playing that the other, like, about a week ago for my son. And uh, he's only two. And now all the time he's like, can I watch Turtles? I want Scrooge McDuck's sure vault. I want to go swimming Who in his vault. Who doesn't want his vault? I, I, even, I mean, any, even as a kid, I always wondered how badly that would hurt trying to yeah, jump like into that. Swimming, <laughs> swimming through gold wouldn't, like, really feel that good. No. Cartoon, cartoon physics, man. It's just water. He was splatting into like <laughs> semen, come out with broken teeth, broken beak, you know, whatever. Fe- feathers everywhere. Hey, if you yeah. bleed on it, you get to keep it, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what so about- we actually had a lot of uh, cartoons that were the same. What was your guys' favorite character in DuckTales? Oh, Gizmo Duck. I mean, Gizmo was good. Duck was amazing. And I can't remember mine because it's on the tip of my tongue, the pilot. Yeah, he's my Launchpad. favorite too. Launchpad yeah. the quack, yep. <clears throat> yeah, he was also in Darkwing Duck. Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. So little little side story here. Um, when I was so playing was World of Warcraft, when it was really popular, when it was during the days of uh, um, the Wrath of Lich King, my raid team would. I was we were really big in the guild. I was a second command of the guild, and my character name was would Dead Widget, DW. So everyone called me DW. Well, we had a big get together at my house in Buffalo one year, and all the guildies came, and it was awesome. And they presented me with a shirt of Darkwing Duck that they custom <laughs> nice. made because that's what they started calling me. Very nice. Very Y'all nice. ever watch Tiny Toon Adventures? Yes. Yeah. They're tiny, they're toony, they're all a little loony. Another uh. one that got really close, <laughs> make fun of me if you want, but I used to watch it and I loved it, was Captain Planet. I love that show. Oh, boy. I would put it the Magic like, School bus over Captain Planet. Yeah, I would too. Captain Planet was like... Almost OG Power Rangers as well. Did you know that um, Magic School Bus actually had a vagina on it on one episode? <laughs> what? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> they were exploring what? female anatomy, and there's a brief second where they're going into the canal, and it's a giant VJJ. <laughs> what? They didn't show me that episode in school. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I ever remember watching that show was in school. Like, we would watch episodes of it and stuff in school. But I've like my kids have seen it and stuff, and there's like a new version of it now too. I think we need to do it also a um, top ten like favorite TV show of all time at some time in the, in the future. <laughs> huh. The problem is, is I have two that rival each other at number one on that list. Yeah, you guys would never have guessed my number one or two. It, it could go either way. Like you, you wouldn't guess it. My number one and number two Archer. would literally be tied between T and G and NCIS. NCIS is the only show I can binge all 20 seasons. I won't give it away because <laughs> in case we do do that list, uh, I want your guys' reaction. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was our top 10 list, guys. Anything else you want to talk about on it? or uh, It was Any, uh, surprisingly very, very similar in some aspects. Yeah. Another, another one that got really close to making my list was another one that had a banger of a theme song. Heathcliff. Oh, that Heathcliff. I almost that put was, um, Garfield. That, that's what I was mentions. about to say. Yeah. See, between Heathcliff and Garfield, I would definitely go Heathcliff. Because the problem is, is they had so many cartoons in that the, those two decades that it's oh, just I know. really so hard to fo- remember all the cartoons. There was like 157 or something, or 170 something in the 80s, but over 450 in the 90s. Yeah, it was a ridiculous amount. Many of them I never even heard of. Yeah, same here. I completely forgot about. I wonder how many were just regional broadcast. It's possible. I mean, obviously, there was two versions of me. There was the the little kid version of me that that 
is still around today that loves all these. But then there was also that little rebellious version of me that would have put like Beavis and Butthead and South Park and and Family Guy and all those on this list. See, but. see funny thing is, is growing up, yeah, they were cool, but they weren't really something I would go out of my way to watch. Pinky and the Brain almost didn't make my list because it was almost too late. It didn't. It came out in 1998, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Animaniacs came out earlier than that, and that's where Pinky yeah. and the Brain came from. So that was the most popular skit off of Animaniacs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very big spinoff, huge and by far my favorite. Oh my gosh, I laughed so hard in that cartoon. <laughs> what are we doing yeah, today, Brain? Same thing we do every day, Pinky. <laughs> Try to take over the world. Yeah, I'm surprised. Super, Fr- I should have put Super Friends as my uh, Super Mario Super Friends or Super Show because Zelda and all of them are in there too. I like the Super Mario Bros. 3 version better than that. And they, they actually did one based on Super Mario World I never knew about. Yep. They, had a, they actually had a Legend of Zelda cartoon that came out for a while. At first it started out in the Super Show, but then they released mm-hmm. like just the standalone cartoon. It just didn't last very long because it wasn't good. A little bit of nah. trivia for you guys. Super Mario World is my favorite Mario Brothers game of all time. Really? That's I played one. the absolute snot out of that game with my cousin. Beat everything in it. All the secrets. Everything. Many times over. Because it was cool because you could do tandem with someone else in two-player. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I also beat Super Mario Brothers 3. Like it was nothing all the time. But that was like be like my number two. With maybe Mario 3D would be my third. Oh, the first Super 3D. 64? Yeah, 64. Yep. Yeah, that was... Super. I, everybody knows Super Mario RPG is my favorite Mario game. But, yeah. like, I really, really, really liked... I mean, Super, Super Mario 64 is the only game that some copies of the game I have my name in the credits. So, well, that's... Because <laughs> I found a secret in that... Like, a secret glitch in that game. Nice. And, my name's but, on a few, on a credits of a few games. All right, guys, yeah. let's talk about the news because we're already like forty minutes into the show. Edited mm. probably like thirty five, but yeah, we're getting there. Rook, I'm actually interested in this one, and I know Archon <laughs> is too. All right, so I was searching nerd news, and I went to uh, I think it was Geek Tyrant or Nerdist. Either one of those is pretty good, but I either one it, of those is pretty it, good. Most likely was Tyrant. Geek, yeah, I think it was Tyrant. Uh, it was a very interesting thing I read, and it stated that Comic-Con shares details for, uh, let me rephrase that, Comic-Con International, the people who host San Diego Comic-Con. And uh, many others. They, sh- they shared details for, uh, they also host WonderCon. Yeah. Uh, Comic-Con International shares details for Comic-Con, the cruise. I want to go. So, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Save like my money. Blast. Uh, partnership is going to be a partnership between the organizers for Comic-Con International and Royal Caribbean. It's going to be, uh, they've announced the dates as February 5th through the 9th in 2025, which makes sense because they have to plan everything. We got to go, guys. <laughs> Start saving. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to get uh, invited. Cru- we don't have to pay a dime. Watch. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> the cruise itself is an, an event independent of Comic-Con International, but it's a licensed event using the full a full ship charter aboard Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas. That's one of their big ones, too. Mm-hmm. Well, look how big Comic-Con deals are. They need oh, yeah. the uh, space. Yeah. Uh, here's the kicker. Room start 
at $990 for two guests for four days. And two additional guests are allowed in the smaller rooms for an extra $600. That's where they start. Prices go up from there, depending upon the quality of the cabin and the luxury of the cabin you want. Yeah, it probably costs us a couple grand, but if we split it three ways. Yeah, that's actually not that bad because um, if you look like I've actually looked at cruises and stuff with my wife and they're about that much anyway without the Comic-Con aspect. Did they announce, by the way, where they're going in that cruise? uh, The articles I read didn't say where they're going yet. I think they're still figuring that out. Well, if it's the Royal Caribbean, the Sunny of the Sea is probably going to be the Caribbean. Yeah, Probably. which I would go absolute eight crap over because that's I've always wanted to go to the Caribbean because of the pirates. <laughs> the real pirates are, and they have still have historical artifacts from that time period there, and including a sunken pirate ship off the coast of one of the islands. Now this cruise, <laughs> I don't think it would be pulling into any port. I think it's literally just the cruise on a cruise ship with uh, a, a Comic Con on a cruise ship. I think I'll stop somewhere. Uh, sounds amazing. They might. Either way, it's going to be an amazing thing if we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so far, they've announced these following guests. Warwick Davis, Ernie Hudson, George Takai, Mary McDonald, Felicia Day, uh, Michael Truco, and Rob Perlman. And they're expecting more. I only know, I only recognize half of those people. Same. Yeah, yeah but Felicia I bet Day, you if I we mean, saw... I bet you if we saw... Felicia Day. <laughs> I bet you if we saw their faces, we'd be like, oh, Yeah, okay. <laughs> most likely. I am terrible but, with actors. I never remember names. But I'm going to do a quick segue real quick. I just learned that for one day on March 9th, they do, uh, the USS Hornet up in San Diego does a carrier con, or they do a yeah. Comic-Con on the USS Hornet. Well, it's not really a Comic-Con, really. It's... Well, it's a con with toys, comics, all that stuff. And oh. they do have a lot of cosplayers that go there. I found out from a cosplayer that I follow named uh, USM Boot. Um, and she's actually a cosplayer. And she mentioned Carrier Con on her TikTok. And I was like, they got to go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a must. San Fran, right? Yep. That's yeah, a five-hour drive from here. Yeah, no so problem. Maybe next year. <laughs> next year's going to be... A, we're going to okay. be really busy oh. with cons next year. <laughs> See, that more expected in your announced guests should be us. Yes. The host of Raw and Nerdy. So, so uh, Mary McDonald is in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. I love um, that show. Michael Truco plays a character that I'm not even familiar with the character, but he's in Young Sheldon. Oh, she plays the president. I love um, Young Sheldon. He plays the character Dusty. Oh, okay, yep. He's also in The Librarians. You guys ever watch The Librarians? Oh, that's a really know, fascinating I love, show. I yeah. love The Librarians. You know who Ernie Hudson is, right? Of course I know who Ernie Hudson is. I'm drawing a blank. He's uh, a Ghostbuster. Ghostbuster, black guy. Oh, doubt, yeah. <laughs> um, I have no clue who Rob Perlman is, though. You don't know Perlman? Warwick Davis is that short. Uh, the I don't little know who person. Rob Perlman is. I know who Ron Perlman is, but I don't know who Rob Perlman is. And he's not even pulling up on IMDb. Are you sure it's uh, not Ron Perlman? Yeah, that's what uh, I'm thinking. I uh, know it was Rob Perlman. Hold on. Unless they typoed it. It's very possible going to the website now. Because I don't even see anybody on IMDb named Rob Perlman. Nope. Rob Perlman. R-O-B-B. Interesting. Never heard of him. 
On another note, uh, he what? does what would Skeletor do? He's an author. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never heard of him. Diablo Four is coming to Xbox Game Pass, and it I is. don't think that's going to help the game get a bad game get any better. Mm-hmm. There are uh, a lot of. They said that they're bringing quite a few Blizzard games to Game Pass, but Maybe they're starting trying. with Diablo Four. And if you guys are curious about the. Xbox recently announcing that their the games are going to be switching over or putting on other platforms. We'll be talking about that on Starfield Raw this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Um, on January 29th, a video of a baby shark, a newborn shark, went viral. Baby it was a drone shot of the shark. And what makes this so fascinating is that scientists, marine biologists, think it could be the first ever sighting of a newborn baby white no one's has ever seen a great white give birth or what infants look like hmm. it's a one of the biggest mysteries in marine biology and if this is the case oh, yeah. and it, it's proven to be a newborn baby white it is going to be a giant deal for marine biologists because they can locate where that baby was born and they can for the first time ever find one of the birthing sites for great whites i think that's a bad idea that's crazy. That they Why can't never... we just leave species alone and let them reproduce behind really closed like doors? Dark. <laughs> I think the big concern is the fact that the great white population has been dropping. That's True. fine. No, it's not good. They eat people. Actually, not, you're, no, you're no. more likely mm-hmm. to die in a plane crash than you are to get bitten by a great white shark. Yeah. Last year, there was two great white shark bites period and they were just nicks and once they realized the taste was not what they expected they spit them out the sharks that you're more are more liable to bite and injure or kill a human are tiger sharks and uh, bull sharks bull sharks are another good one yes hammerheads and mostly Mm -hmm. off the eastern coast i just stay away now on the western coast we have great whites in the southern coast and i've always wanted to see them in person Great whites tend to stay closer to warmer water. They do. And there's this place in South Africa, off the coast, called Seal Island. It's the only place in the world where they breach feed. And I've always wanted to go and witness great whites breach feeding, where they jump out of the water, sometimes 15, 20 feet up in the air, grabbing a seal or a seal target. Mm-hmm. Such an I, awesome I, I've site. seen videos of that. I would like to see that in person. Yeah, I want to go do that. We got to go do that. <laughs> I'm going to go out there just to see that. Let's get famous first. Yeah, working on it. Uh, A recent breakthrough in neuroscience allows patients with prosthetic limbs to sense temperatures. It's a, and it hooks right in neurologically so they can actually tell the difference between cold, warm, and hot, which is a getting closer to cybernetic limbs, everybody. Yeah, actually it's very true. And with AI implementation in small ways, it could be very much a reality. And the fact that, yeah, they're just getting closer and closer to true, limb replacement which i think is awesome nintendo switch 2 is delayed until mid 2025 so if you guys were waiting for that system to come out this year sorry i guess there's um more things they need to work out on the hardware that they are not ready for yet they better make their graphics better because if i have to play mortal kombat 11 on such horrible graphics again (laughs) yeah right well the thing is is with nintendo I cannot think of the last thing that they've ever announced that's came out on time. Everything gets delayed. I didn't put this in the notes, but there was a recent expedition where a uh, a vehicle went out space and actually got a sample, a, a soil sample, off of an asteroid that's not far orbiting Earth. 
Now the sample, what is very fascinating, they just started studying this sample, is that they're finding trace elements of elements that do not exist on planet Earth. And also elements that were combined with water. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, some really cool stuff. I'm going to be following that one. And another one I follow quite a bit is the uh, James Webb Telescope. The biggest thing about that is people got to remember um, what we know as a periodic table here on Earth is only what we know on Earth. Yeah, there's right. it's astronomically high chances that we're going to find elements and minerals and stuff like that that we never knew about that have nothing to do with some, any, anything in our periodic table. Maybe we'll find that unobtainium. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and be able to space travel for finally. Talk about a cop out right there. Or transformium. <laughs> transformium. Two cop outs. Uh, well, you know, we actually have plans for interstellar space travel, doing different types of, of let's not say warp drive, but similar, that can go potentially faster than light. And the only problem is, is the engine energy requirements to do it on the current designs and plans would take up every bit of energy that we can produce on Earth times 10. Mm -hmm. So it's not feasible at this moment. But if we can find elements out there that could potentially bring us that point, that would be astronomical. I'm segueing into another note that's not on here. Uh, You mentioned it earlier, but scientists have finally... Uh, it's been in the news, at least on the new nerdy websites, that scientists have finally igni- ignited a fusion reaction Yeah, where the actual input energy is less than the output energy. Well, of they the technically reaction. did that in 2022, but they just recently announced the findings and the papers regarding that, mm-hmm. that study, So, which was a very fascinating read. I'm going to be reading it. And you know, honestly, guys... The best news you can find out there that has the most impact in, on our world today is in the nerd news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't don't get this wrong. This ain't the first time they've ignited a fusion reaction. It's just been the first that's been more beneficial because you're not putting in more energy than you're getting out. Yeah, it's how they did it that was the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to be reading more into that because that, that's really fascinating stuff. If you're into physics, <laughs> that's it right there. Mm-hmm. On a later, lighter note, TSA has announced that they will be adding facial recognition to most U.S. major airports in the next couple of years. I thought they already had that. Well, it's not very robust, and it's only on a few airports. Mm, that makes sense. And, and people always ask, well, how do they know my face? Well, you got a driver's license or a ID? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know your face. You, you got government ID. They already know you. They know me ten times over since I've served, so... Yep, plus the clearances and all that good stuff makes it Mm -hmm. triple and quadrupled. Who put in the uh, X-Men? Me. So me and a co-worker at work are looking forward to this. So we mentioned it earlier in the show. They're making a uh, show called X-Men 97. It's going to use the original art style, everything. And it takes place right where the original late uh, 90s X-Men ended in 96 so they're picking up where that story left off that's so, fascinating that they're doing that though mm-hmm. it's gonna be awesome i find it interesting because the fact that it's been so long and they're going back to the same art style and all that and not just changing art styles like say batman did multiple times or ducktales or ducktales or any cartoon really but they're not gonna have the same voices and that's gonna bother me well, technically, doing computer-generated graphics is much cheaper nowadays than hiring a bunch of artists to do it the right way. 
It's true. It is what it is. I mean, we're not going to get back our nostalgia. I mean, right now, we're our age group in particular are the ones that are the ones paying the bills now. We're the adults. We're the parents. So most of these companies are trying to hit on our uh, nostalgia. So we're seeing a lot of things that we grew up with coming back in different ways. And like they've been talking about doing a sequel to one of my favorite movies of all time, The Goonies. But they've had issues yeah. with they wanted to get a lot of the original cast to come back as the parents. And they haven't been able to get a lot of them. Yeah, the one that really got me was during the Super Bowl when they showed the preview for the new Twister movie. I was like, no. Oh, I missed that on. one. Don't take one of my class, one of the most classic movies ever and redo it and make it crap. That like, was actually it, a really good movie. Is it going I to be Twister. a reboot or is it going to be a sequel? Based on the preview, the trailer and stuff and the like them driving around with those little balls and the little <laughs> thing, it looks like it's just going to be a reboot. Uh, but it's called Twisters. Makes me think that it might be a, a sequel to it. That's why, I, you know, I kind of almost thought that, but it's got different people in it. The original mm. actors aren't in it, and it's look like, based on it's, the trailer, a reboot. It's a standalone sequel. There's your answer. Okay. And they're doing the same thing again, which doesn't make sense. I was recently doing a little crawl around movie trailers. I love movies. It's a big <laughs> thing for me. And I noticed, I, I saw the Dune 2 trailer. And I am really excited for that. That looks so good. I still have not seen the first Dune movie. I need, need to watch to. it. It's actually pretty good. I actually enjoyed it. I want one of those flying dragonfly ships. <laughs> because I want to figure out the physics behind how it's flying. Because that shouldn't fly. <laughs> <laughs> there was another one, too. There was a couple that I was got really excited about. and for I put it in our nerdy chat. Or was that on our general chat there is one that i want to talk about when uh you figure out what you're looking for because i found this really interesting i'm actually really interested in the fallout series i i've seen that trailer a couple times now Mm -hmm. it looks good really fascinated by it oh one thing that i've actually heard really really good things about that comes out like very very soon is the avatar live action series what i've heard really good things about it the, From the, the Airbender, last, right? The Airbender, yeah. It's They're making a with, series? Yeah, it comes out with it. Uh, it's a Netflix series. It comes out in like a couple days, I think. What they, let me Really? Well, Netflix has been on point on making some of those animes into live action a lot better than that last uh, Airbender movie. I never really considered that like a um, an anime. It's uh, it By definition, it is February, an anime. The first season launches uh, February 22nd, 2024. Oh, so, so that's this they week. just they just <laughs> yeah, they just did the premiere of the of the first episode and it got really, really, really good reviews. Really? I gotta go watch yeah. that. I don't have that. Yeah. It's not and then I'm gonna have to add, add it to my animation. Second, but, yeah. <laughs> so that might be something that like if we all watch that that the first season there, that might be something we talk about next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I cannot find where I put this in the chat, I have no idea, which is really weird. The which, cast what looks is it? amazing. Oh, well, I just talked about like some of the movie trailers I was watching and got really excited about. One of them was the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. And I don't remember where I put it that on there. I can't find Ghost it Ghostbusters Frozen Empire looks really good. I like the direction. Dune Part 2 also looks very good. That's all you said about it. That's all I, I don't know where you found that. It's right above Austin's 
uh, thing under Nerdy Chat. You have your really big post as the last one, then you then up two more is where it says Doom Part Two. Also, oh looks right, right, right. I just went right past it, huh? So according, <laughs> according to Games Radar, the they say the first reactions to Netflix Avatar: The Last Airbender called a fun new take on a timeless classic. They said that it's definitely more oriented to a, a, a more mature audience, and they said that they make that very clear in the first few minutes of the show. So, Let's be honest. Oh, 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 I remember one thing I want to bring up. So they announced a movie called Civil War. Mm-hmm. And it's about like a modern take on what if the United States went to Civil War. They lost me in the first 20 seconds of the movie or the trailer because they said something that was completely so unbelievable. It takes you completely oh. out of the movie. And the whole premise is, is that California and Texas team up. That would never happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like how in the world? I, I laughed and turned it off. <laughs> Now, if that did happen, it would be interesting, but too many Texans hate Californians. (laughs) So there was something I thought was really cool. There's actually a... How do I word this? There's actually a Broadway show for the... It's it's, it's an onstage show called Dungeons & Dragons, The 20-Sided Tavern. It had limited showings in Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Edinburgh... Fringe Festival. Sorry if I screwed that up. Uh, and they sold out of it. So they're doing another one at Stage 42 in New York. Uh, preview start on April 19th. And uh, officially opens on May 5th. Wizards describes it as uh, a show where the audience is not just a viewer, but the fourth player influencing key decisions via gameotics a browser-based software that allows you to vote on where the story will go, what characters appear, what experiences they explore, and more. With a cast of five actors and over 30 playable characters, audiences will experience an expansive fantasy world set in the Forgotten Realms and face riddles, puzzles, combat, and more to help shape the story. That is awesome. Um, I would love to see that, but... It's no different than going to like Gen Con in Indianapolis and watching a panel play because some of them will actually ask the audience for what they should do next. Yeah. I just thought that was cool. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Oh, another side note that I just thought of um, this week for uh, one of my kid days, my stepson wanted to go see the new Wonka movie. So I went to go see it with him, and I was not going in with very high hopes because I have heard from my daughter not the best things about it because she saw it with her friend. I really enjoyed it. It was actually quite good. Hmm. I was actually I very know. curious about that because it's the uh, how Wonka came to be. Yeah, it's like it's like the prequel to to it's it's more of a prequel to the Gene Wilder Wonka than the Johnny Depp one, hmm. and. I really enjoyed it. It was very well done. Um, I thought that the um, Timothy Charlemagne, who played the guy who played Wonka, I thought he did a fantastic job. The way they did the songs and the cast and everything, just it, it really came together really well, and I I enjoyed it a lot. So I'll check it out just because you said it. You enjoyed it. Yeah, it gets an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, so, I mean, it's... He also did say he enjoyed the Marvel, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. A lot of people, I, no, a few people I know say I they said enjoyed I thought the Marvels. the Marvels was funny, 
that there was a lot of funny aspects to okay, it. Okay, that's fair. It, it was not one of the better. However, one of the biggest flops in Marvel opposite, history. On the opposite end of the spectrum, several people who I respect a lot and watch a lot of their TikToks, including uh, a guy named Straw Hat Goofy, a guy named Soups, um, Taya Miller, who we've talked to on the show as well. Uh, I've all seen them do reviews on the new Madam Web movie, and they nobody had anything good to say about it. Yeah, they, I'm not surprised. Pretty much universally used the term worst movie I've ever seen in my life, even worse than the yeah. remake of Fantastic Four. Ooh. I've seen trash thrown around That's quite a bit, and harsh. I I kind of heard that. Yes. I thought I heard they were going to cancel that movie. Which one, Madam Web? Yeah. They probably should have because apparently it is not doing too well. I'm kind of curious. It currently has a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, yeah. from what I've seen in reviews, is That's generous. generous. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking. It's uh, Google reviews has it at 2.6 stars out of 2,200 ratings. Yeah, it, it gets an audience score of 55%, but I've just, I've, like, I saw one review where the guy, like, literally said, you know, to everyone who made this movie, like, basically. Never go back in the industry. Them, flips them the bird and says, <laughs> thank you for wasting my time. Like, I've heard really bad things about that one. So that's one Marvel movie I will probably skip. If you guys are interested in, in reaching out to us, talking to us, talking to like-minded individuals, and seeing all the different chats that we do, join our Discord. Discord.gg forward slash raw podcasts. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We're going to wrap up the show here tonight, guys. And if you want to reach out to the show, talk to us for business and other things, you can reach us at, on our email, podcastsraw, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S-R-A-W at gmail.com. Our Twitter at Podcast Raw. Our Instagram? Raw Podcast One. Please follow us. Please. <laughs> you can follow I know me. We don't, yep. I know we don't post a lot on there right now, but uh, I've been working on going to more places where there's nerdy things, and I'll just be doing random nerdy Snapchats on Well, you're in charge of that on one, there. man, so bring it, bring it, do it. I've been in charge of mostly the, the Twitter, and I haven't been done much with that either, so uh, I'm blamed. I'm, I'm Shame blame on you that. guys. Yes, we have failed. We should I've be been in charge of nothing, and I have done my job. <laughs> See what happens when you're not in charge of anything? You don't have any uh, responsibilities. <laughs> you can follow us individually. I am at the widget, T-H-E-W-I-G-I-T, on everything. X, even Instagram, I think. But I don't even really go on social media very much, so best way is to Discord or x which i do that quite a bit it's the only social media i do and i'm on different gaming platforms like xbox and steam and all that as as at the widget you can follow me on everything except for steam and x at tomcat213 steam and x i'm rook213 and you could follow me on all social media at the archon 606 or find me on all gaming platforms at quick qwick underscore d underscore 606 Thank you guys for listening. This has been episode 18 of Raw and Nerdy. We love you all. Y'all stay nerdy, everybody. Have a great week, guys. <laughs>